Hey, it's Damian Gray. Hey, it's Salem Gray. And we are the Brothers Gray, and you're checking out Three, Three Count, Count Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Winch and Ring. And I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. But after our 300-and-something episode, season four, I would just hope you would say it with me. I am your Sherpa. Because just like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. Because you always got to find somebody who can do it more efficiently, who can do it better, and more, you know, faster than you can. So where you can find our guys who are now entering the ring today, you can find them at 1CW. You can find them at Pro. Uh, Frontier, and you can find them at ADLL. They are the men who mix in a little black, a little white, and they're also known as Salem and Damien. This is the Brothers Gray. How's it What's going, up, yo? dog? <laughs> yo, like, that's like the choppiest and worst intro I've ever done for this <laughs> show. And it was like, I knew I had I had just rehearsed all of this, like maybe like five minutes before, and like I was like, yeah, I got this down. And then I just chop it all up like live. <laughs> and I could go back through and like re-edit it and do it all over again, but you know, we're not going with that. We just going right into the to right into the world. We're doing it live. <laughs> 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 no, so seriously though, I appreciate you guys coming on, man. I this is this is something I've been hyped about for uh for a couple weeks now. Yeah, it's both an honor and a privilege, man. It really is. It's, it's we've so been talking fun. about this both backstage and at the merch table down in Delaware, and we're super stoked to be here and finally doing this. Hell yeah! So like one of my favorite things is just like I get to meet people like at random places, right? So I got to meet you guys over in in Delaware at One CW, and we we're sitting backstage and we we're chopping it up, just kind of you know kick it back, kick it stories and stuff like that. But what really kind of set things off too was uh, Salem and I, we were in the ring and just like randomly I saw him, he saw me and I was like, oh, we gonna do this. <laughs> <laughs> and we like just did like this, I just slip up like a crane kick. I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to match that energy. I saw you come in with it. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I have full intention. The funniest part was like I have full intentions of just like completely selling, like just going out. And like I don't think you, I don't think you did because like as soon as you threw the kick and I just like fell back. You were just kind of like, wow. Cool. <laughs> I was like, no. Yo, but you guys, like, bring a lot of good and, like, a lot of fun energy to, like, just, you know, in, in the locker room and stuff like that. And I was like, man, like, these are two dudes who I feel like I can learn a lot from. And I wanted to bring you guys on to see, like, how did you guys get started in a business? <clears throat> man, so we've been fans almost our entire lives. As long as our, like, actual memories go back, we've been We've been trying to do this, trying to figure it out, trying to make our way into it. Mm -hmm. We were lucky enough that when we were young enough in middle school, we lived outside of Orlando. So we got to go to the tapings of TNA down in Universal Studios all of the time. Every other week. Every other Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. So we got to we got to go out there and experience live wrestling culture to that degree on a, a weekly basis. 
And then we both uh, separated our ways after high school. We both took contracts between, you know, I played professional lacrosse for a while. And then my brother was in the military, so we we separated ways. And then once our contracts ended, we began training mm-hmm. to follow our, our true dream, which was, you know, figuring out this wrestling world out ourselves. Yeah. And so we started with that. We trained up here out in the, in the Northeast Elite Wrestling Academy by Miguel Del Barrio. As some of you down in Delaware might know him as El Tigre. Um, but now he goes by Miguel, and, you know, he's trained us up, got us, you know, off on the right path and, you know, Brought us down to Delaware, and that was one of the first shows we met you in Pure Ignorance. It was when we were down there just watching, just being, you know, stagehands. So yeah. It's been a real cool, crazy ride very fast. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, uh, like being in the military, too, right? Like, I'm former, I'm Air Force, right? And, mm-hmm. like, seeing, like, the... Our Air Force. I went Army, and that was a fun conversation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I wanted to go Army originally, right? And my dad, like, stopped me. And he was like, listen, you're in college. You're way too smart for the Army. So we're going to make you go Air Force. <laughs> That's what my parents said, too. But I was like, no, I want to actually go do stuff. Yeah, that was the funniest thing. That was that's the craziest part, right? Because my dad was like, listen, you're going Air Force. They don't deploy anywhere. And they're like, <laughs> Not even like 14 months later, I called my dad. I was like, "Hey, man, get deployed to Iraq," and he was like, "I, <laughs> I'm so sorry." <laughs> I was like, "It is what it is at this point." Awesome. But it's like it's it's crazy because even like I can see like the one thing about the military is they always talk about the military being you're you're essentially a professional athlete to kind of mm-hmm. you know cue off of like you know being a professional uh, lacrosse player. But, but what both worlds kind of shape up is, like, when you go into pro wrestling, like, everything is right there. Like, it's structured. Like, it's structured. Sometimes not the best, right? It's kind of poorly. <laughs> but it's structured. You know what you have to – you like, you know what you're wearing. You already know, like, what your opponent – who your opponent is. And then, like, from there, just, you know, it's kind of a hurry-up-and-wait process. Like, you're going to have to – you know, who's going over, how you're going to make that work, how the crowd's going to react, what's going to happen if this happens. So you're always, like, trying to game plan on the fly. And I feel like the military kind of helped, like, prepare us for, like, that aspect of everything. And then, like, I could only imagine, like, being in the professional lacrosse world, like, it's the same concept, right? Like, you're preparing the whole time, and then, like, game day happens, and sometimes you got to change the game game plan and move on the fly. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I know at least especially in the National Guard and especially in the Army, organized chaos is, like, how we live. So the fact that so many things are going not according to plan, but we got to make it look like, nah, private, that's exactly how we meant for this whole mission to go. Just keep listening to me and we're going to be all right. Organized chaos. I lived it for six years. Just organized chaos, which makes now kind of simple sometimes. Right. <laughs> well, it's like I was – so I was working, like, a match, and I was at, like, HWT – and I was in the back, and I was, like, super nervous, right? And um, Josh Adams, you guys know who that is, violence, mm-hmm. uh, he came up to me. He's like, I have no idea why you're nervous, dude. He's like, you did stuff that was way bigger than this. I was like, this is a different kind of nervousness, though, man. <laughs> like, like when you're yeah. going downrange, you're kind of preparing for the end. But when yeah. you're here, like, it's not necessarily the end. Like, you just – you mess up, you're gonna mess up in front of everybody. <laughs> it's a different type of energy. Yeah, that that fear of embarrassment is gnarly. It's just such a weird concept as opposed to you know fear of the worst happening downrange because it's like, well then I don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> but if I mess up at the show, 
boys in the back are gonna rib me, the promoter might not bring me back, the crowd's gonna remember it, and it's just like it plays and plays and plays in your head. But that also gives you the fuel to make it like rock out every time you're out there too. It's cool. right. It's cool but weird. But um, so one of my favorite questions I like asking this a lot too. When you when you get into this, like um, who was who was the person that like helped inspire you to get in, like to really want to get into the business? Like for me, the big person that like got me into like wrestling was Rey Mysterio. Like so, who was the person that was like got you guys involved? Oh man, so at least for me always being like a chunkier kid and growing up watching TNA Samoa Joe was my dude just watching him tear through it both the exhibition heavyweight all that stuff his style his promos his just his presence when he walked down the ring obviously I'm in middle school so he felt like a giant yeah I'd say for me it was definitely Samoa Joe I was a a huge 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 AJ Styles guy going up. Mm-hmm. And I was a baby face for heart, man. Like, <laughs> I was there for life. Get ready to fly. I was with him. Watching through him and seeing him progress from this well-known like, young indie talent to what he was in Japan to what he is now in WWE and seeing him take his career and knowing like dude like it's literally about the amount of heart you put into it and the amount of hard work you try and get out of it like that is what wrestling is to its core and like i i think a little bit more of the world should be that way where it should be put on the sweat of your brow and that's what i love about this industry is the harder we work at it you know that the, the more doors open you know the more entrance lights you get to see and the more curtains you get to pop so that's that's what we live for and i love that yeah it's one of those things that really kind of threw me off too because like when I was getting into the, into the into the business, into the sport, into the performing art, depending on what you guys want to call it, right? Yeah. It was it was one of those things where it's like uh, I was under the impression that like your character was just kind of given to you by your trainer, and then you kind of had to like make it work from there. I had no idea like you had so much more freedom like to be able to do whatever it is that you want. But then like with that with that freedom, like it does really become about hard work and like putting in and figuring out like who your character is, what your character is about, how your character will respond to this situation or that situation or why they did that, right? So it's like thinking about everything too that goes into it. And I I, I and I started to see that a lot of people appreciated it because like I had someone ask me like, they had me, they, I, I love doing this thing called the 10 count questions, which you guys will be a part of later, right? But I had someone do their version of the 10 count questions for me as Red Dog. And I was like, all right, bet. And it started like ripping through answers. And they're like, oh, we like the fact that you have this whole world built up. But the crazy part was the world was really just kind of like built around me. <laughs> like, because I, I was like, I essentially am Red Dog. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's our core, man. When we got to the point where we were thinking about like, everyone thinks about gimmicks and you're like, oh, like, you know, be like a Viking. And then like, be like, you know, like we like EDM. So like an EDM Viking, yeah, we'll you're, like, you're trying to think of like what, what you put into it. And then when you land down on the one that you feel you know confident about, it was just like us, you know, turned up to that 10th degree. It was the world felt like you just said, the world fell in around us when coming up with, you know, the backstory, who the brothers gray are, like, what we wanted to represent, what our ideals were, like where we kind of found our foundations and our movements, like 
all of that became second nature while we were training. Like we started to like understand the trials and tribulations of the character while we were going through it ourselves and building it on there. And then we were like, yeah, dude, like this whole persona makes sense to us. Cause it, mm -hmm. like you said, it just matched around mm -hmm. the world. I think it's one of those crazy things too. Cause like when I come up with these ideas for like promos and stuff like that, they legitimately just like I will wake up in the morning. I'm like, I'm gonna do this promo for this company, and it's like, like, what's the idea? I'm like, I don't know. We're just gonna throw something at the wall and see what happens, and just go off the whim. And like recently, I started like planning out my promos and just like exactly what I wanted to say and stuff. So like, I I don't know if you guys happen to see, but recently I had to like a Blues Clues one for like uh for IWL, okay. and, uh, not IWL. I'm sorry um uh it was iwl it was uh oh it was hwf uh, i did it for uh, honorary wrestling um and i did this like blues clues uh thing but it really kind of revolved around my dog right so uh last year i lost my dog duke and i really wanted to include him like into a promo so i like had a cartoon version of him drawn up and then we played blues clues <laughs> and like it was just it was just funny to like uh to like think of the world and think of how Red Dog would respond to like his version of a dog. And I was like, I, I thought about like everything going into it. And I was like, this this world of mine is just, it's weird because like anything I see that's pop culture related, I'm like, I'm just gonna include you into this world and yeah. just see how far we can push this boundary. <laughs> I like that, I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's cool. That's really cool. <laughs> what about what about you guys because like like you said as you're building a world you're starting to see like everything kind of add together what's some of the like outside influences that you guys have used to like make your characters uh complete um at least on the ground level um it's not so much on the outside influences but our like childhood personalities all the way to present day are our wrestling personalities just are cranked up I've always been super quiet, super shy, never really liked to talk to people until I got into my fraternity. And he was choir and theater kid. So he was always really out there and eccentric. But so that helped figure out, all right, so who's Damien and who's Salem? And then when it comes to the world of the Greys, it's always changing, just as the world always is in a sense. But, you know, we take a lot of our overall concepts from video games, anime, that's the kind of pop culture we take in on a daily basis to the point where before this, we were sitting here watching uh, Mercedes Monet's match in New Japan through the app. So like, it's just, we're always around all the, as you can tell us, wearing Japanese wrestling hoodies. Always around that product and just trying to figure out like, seeing what everything else is, everyone else is doing and trying to see where we can fit in this really dynamic and advanced world and see what we can do in it. I think that's the crazy part about like wrestling is that it's always evolving. And what like people are talking about now is that wrestling is kind of getting away from like the wrestling aspect of wrestling, but getting into like the character side of wrestling. And if you look around, like you'll see a lot of those characters really starting to blow up. Like one of them that I think about like a lot is Luigi Primo, right? Like, yeah. here's a dude, here's a dude who literally, like, makes pizzas, yeah. like, while he's wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yo, and I'm here for it. Like, I think about his character, uh, you know, and then obviously you have people like Ali Catch and Effie, right? Those guys are great. Uh, 
Kid Bandit is another one I think about, like going from, you know, kid to now being a kid to techno, which like I just I, I'm here for like all the characters and all the developments that they go through. Like and I love wrestling. I can't I'm not gonna lie, but yeah. it's just something like I just like to sink my teeth in to watch people who like are these wild ass characters they just like dream up and they're like i just gotta put this out in the world and just see what happens and yeah, right? I, I love seeing it yeah for sure and then on like the higher scale or like the you know the higher leagues so to speak the higher promotions um you know like the fiend and um alistair black those mm. kind of characters at that level where you have to get it approved by however many people and still yeah. have that creative ability to be like nah this is what i want to do and put out into this industry to me is crazy. We love watching all of their work. Yeah. Just because like for us at our level, there's like what, maybe one or two people that are like, yeah, that's good to go, go do it for them. The amount of how much they have to be behind their own product to me shows their dedication to that craft, that character. Yeah. To me, that's awesome. It's so cool to see. Well, that's what I love about the, the Viking Raiders, right? Like is that they, they went through their own changes. Like they were like, obviously like the goody dudes, right? Oh, War Machine, even War Raiders, right? And then they become the Viking. Then they became the Viking experience, which everybody just turned on. And then they, they gave them, <laughs> at least gave them the Viking Raiders. Uh, but you know, you look at them and then they even went through like these huge changes recently where they like invested more into like the Viking side of things. And like, now you see them with like, the tattoo markings and they just have like the cool like moves like to go with and like the gear you know obviously they brought sarah Rowe, you mm -hmm. know bahala uh mm -hmm. but it's just it's fun to watch them like really and you think about like all the approvals that you have to get and you're right like mm -hmm. you got to get like a hundred yeses yeah. and if you get one no that could it's just done. like it's jeopardize over, everything yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so who do you guys, who do you link, who would you say are some of your inspirations to like make, you know, Salem and, and, and Damien? So my personal one is probably it's the, so I lived, uh, I guess like an alternate lifestyle already having, you know, gone and played the cross in Europe and I was 19 at the time. So I felt like, you know, I felt like a superhero. I felt like I went out there and I was this philanthropist playboy and, I lived my life according to my rule set and I, I traveled and I, I enjoyed it. And so when it became turning that up, I was like, that was something I had fun believing that that was me. And so me being a wrestler, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna re-showcase what that side of me was. And so that gave the, you know, kind of egotistical, little like flamboyant, a little left, a little right, a little like, you know, have a little fun with it while we go out there and dance, don't you know, pretty boy? You know, have, <laughs> you know, be about it. So I was, uh, I got that, you know, character out of that. And then honestly, if you'd like uh, take Borderlands 1, the first, uh, their theme song, you know, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked by Cage the Elephant, that, that song right there is just, you could slap that all up and down my character and, and find the references. For me, I don't know. It's it's still like a work in progress because it's bits and pieces of like I said Samoa Joe and like a lot of those brooding big guys because of my brother and I's size difference. Um, but still having that brother's keeper twist. Mm -hmm. Like if you were to run back the um, the rumble we were all in, 
he kept getting himself in trouble, and I got to keep bailing him out. Like, that's more or less the baseline of it, and then it splinters off from there, depending on what we're doing. You know, front line chops his chest and his back, and he gets <laughs> he gets knocked out, and I got to go take a spine buster for him because I'm trying to protect my brother. You know, so I don't exactly know where I'm getting the concept from other than just the thought of your brother's keeper. So. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it feels like a lot like you would see for like, uh, you know, rest in peace to you know Luke Harper, Brody Lee, and like Eric Rowan, because like that was the same kind of concept, especially with the Bludgeon Brothers and when they're in the Wyatt family, you know, like they they were always there trying to like bail each other out of situations whenever something bad happened, and and Luke obviously took like a lot more of the brunt than Eric did because like he was always trying to watch out for Eric, so it makes perfect sense when when you think about the ideas of like Ayo hey, like. We're brothers and we're trying to watch out for for each other so I, I like that a lot though yeah so tell me one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn being in the business so far <laughs> uh, you take this one first and i'll clean up <laughs> um when it comes down to what happens in your match be confident in standing up for what you believe in like that's the reason why we train that's the reason why we've all gone through the trials to get the go ahead to go like yes always listen to your veteran but like if you feel like you're in a position in a match where you're going to be either unsafe or something's going to happen where you're going to you know not be in an advantageous or it goes against what your character believes or should be doing you have a voice in the locker room and use it be able to like you got to stand your ground for your character first and foremost and then stand your ground for your safety and so anything after that, like any any professional worker should be able to have that conversation and we should be able to move around or figure another way out to get to the same kind of results or wherever we were going with that plan. So like 100%, just be confident in what you're standing your ground on and stand your ground if that's the case you got to do. It's pretty much the same, just with the caveat of for better or worse, everything we should be doing is what the promoter wants. And to tell the story um obviously our safety in the rings foremost if someone's trying to go out there and give you 20 canadian destroyers on a table and you can't take it that's different than you just being like i don't want to do this if you don't know how to take the move um also if there it feels like you're getting buried but that's not the point of the match because we all know like there's some matches where you your job is to get your ass kicked for three minutes and make this guy look like god's gift to wrestling that's what you get paid to do, do it. But if it's supposed to be a competition of a 10-minute match or 15, 20-minute match, and you feel like you're not getting your work in, um, try to make it sound like it's part of the story. Because a lot of the people we've had the pleasure of working with are bigger dudes. I'm a, My moveset all through training was I'm the strong guy until I face people that are 350 pounds. I can't lift them all the time through the whole match. That does, Especially after I get beat up, it's not believable. That's just not – the crowd's going to be like, weren't you just crying for help like two minutes ago and now you're lifting this dude up, giving him a blue thunder bomb again? So as if the moves make sense in the story, it will help that conversation that my brother's talking about. Um, for Like I'm saying, for the big guys, take out their legs. You don't have to keep trying to give them a drop kick. One cup block and he's down, and then you could work them from there, you know, without having to really put – a lot of physical effort out on your end, as well as putting them in danger if you can't lift them. But 
that's pretty much the bigger lessons we've learned so far is just how to communicate backstage when you're like working on the match and um trying to you know navigate the not egos but just like tiptoe it because some people are way more accepting on what you're trying to say than others some people are like nope this is the six things i'm doing figure it out and you're like well, this is gonna be a long, long ten minutes. You're trying to figure out a Mad Lib. And you're like, all right, so I'm gonna high five, and then they come out with a steel pan. You're like, how do we get in here? Like, but then there's some people that are actually the, the creativeness is a ebb and a flow, and those are our favorite people to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Like you're painting a picture in the back. Yeah, it's awesome. So that's the easy answer, I guess. Without no, that doing weird yeah stuff. <laughs> no it definitely makes a lot of sense i definitely get it too like i know like i've been able to work with uh, I've, I've been i've been fortunate to work with a lot of veterans who are like like i don't know they they kind of see me and they're just like listen like you're not like you're not like this but you're not like that so what do you like to do and like usually the first answer i usually give i just like to, and i tell them all the time i'm like i like to just listen and sell that's it and then from there, it's always like, no, 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 seriously, I need to know what you do because, like, I can't just beat you up for 10 minutes. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I like to hit a spine buster. I like to hit Germans. I like to hit, like, and so and then they're like, all right, cool. Let's start putting some of this stuff in the in, in together. And I think what works out, too, is that, like, you're going to, like, if you find, like, the right people, like, they really want to tell, like, the fun stories with you. And, like, I got to work, like, this match um, at Voltage with Beastman in his an incredible talent and uh you know he's a he's a 300 plus pound guy and it obviously and you had mentioned it right uh you're not gonna you're not gonna bump somebody around like that right but what he had this idea like of just like masterfully putting together he's like listen i'm gonna do one big bump for you what do you want it to be and i was like i want to hit a spine buster he's like cool that's it I'll let you know. He's like, I'll let you know. He goes, I'll let you know when to hit it. And I was like, all right, cool. So as we're like doing a match, I'm like trying moves and hitting stuff and then like getting beat up, right? Get tossed around. And if I'm, he goes, all right, duck the clothesline, hit me with the spine buster. He throws the line, misses, hits the rope, comes back, hit him with the spine buster, and the whole crowd That's pops. Awesome. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> but it's just, it's fun to have someone who can, like, you know, be a vet to you and, like, guide you along the process and teach you, like, hey, this is how we're going to get this going. And then I think about, like, uh, and I've had some other matches that weren't so great, right? But they're like, okay. But it's like, you know, you mess up here or there, or maybe, like, you know, the crowd's not into it as much, but you learn based on, like, just finding, like, the right veterans who are there to help you and teach you. And I, when you were talking that story about, you know, hey, I'm going to hit you with this. I'm coming out of the frying pan, figure it out. And they're like, <laughs> nah, bro, I, I don't got nothing. I'm just going to let you run out here and hit me in the face with it, I guess, because that's where we're going to start. <laughs> What's one, uh, one of the worst bumps you guys have had to take? Oh man, I'm just not good <laughs> at realizing where there is and isn't wrestling ring. Like gonna... mat or soft landing spots. <laughs> I in Delaware, every match we've been out there have taken a bump to the outside, and as I land, I realize that that is concrete. There is a hundred percent firehouse floor on the outside of that ring. Yes, every single time I do, it never ceases to amaze me. And then I look over and lock eyes with my brother, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm trying to have that silent conversation. I'm like, you did it again. He's like, I did it again. <laughs> um, the, I think the gnarliest bump I've taken so far would have to be that double spine buster 
from Frontline at the last show I was at because it's I'm already 6'2". They're not short men by themselves lifting me all the way up and just throwing me on the ground. That was pretty crazy because I'm not I've been never trained going off the top rope. So anything over my normal like body slam height, I'm not a fan of. So (laughs) definitely getting lifted for that one was a pretty interesting experience. I I was scared. I'm not going to lie. After talking about it in the back, of course, you know, as the new guy, you're like, yeah, absolutely. And I looked at Salem and I'm like, oh, this is going to hurt. I'm happy I brought my <laughs> in my ice packs. <laughs> I think that's the one thing that like a lot of people forget is just like you get all this adrenaline like pumped up and you're like, yeah, I'm about to go take this move. And then it's time to take the move and you don't really think about it. But then you really think about it that like 20 minutes later and then like the next day you're like, I don't oh, really want to move yeah. at all. Crazy, because for us, it's a three-hour drive, three-and-a-half-hour drive home from 1CW. Mm. My match, my first match there, I almost – I tore or dislocated something in my shoulder, and I didn't notice it until we were an hour – we were in Dover at a Buffalo Wild Wings eating after the event to drive home. I'm eating my chicken wing, and I'm like, ah, Oh, what the? And everybody, <laughs> him and the other uh, traveling wrestler we were with, they were like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know what just happened. My shoulder hurts. And it wasn't until I watched the match back, I saw the move. And you just see Mom go like this. And then I kind of am doing one of these. <laughs> and it, it was weird. And it's funny because our father was the one who mentioned it first. He's like, it happened during this move, didn't it? And I'm like, scrolling through the YouTube video. I'm like, oh, yeah, it, it did, Dad. <laughs> like you said, the adrenaline, I didn't it didn't click in my head. I was just like, all right, cool, thing happened. Let's keep working. Cause that was like my first spot in the match too. I just started. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the first yes, thing I did. Literally the now. first <laughs> offensive move I gave was that. And I was like, Oh, this is gonna be a long 15 minute match. <laughs> I'm rolling out. Yeah. Oh man, that's wild. I I want uh I'll ask you guys this next question because you guys are still relatively new, but you're still kind of like getting your feet together. But I just want to see where you guys are at with this. But I do need one do and one don't of the locker room. Hmm. Let's see. Do bring extra deodorant, socks, clothes. <laughs> you never know who has AC or what. And especially for us younger guys who are going out there and like we set the ring up early. And if you're in a gracious company like we have over at 1CW, their training coaches at work cars put on a seminar for all of us who help set up. So we get that extra time. So bring in your extra gym wear, man. Like you never know when mat time is going to be allotted and no one's ever – no great wrestler ever said no to extra mat time. Like, it's just yeah. a fact. <laughs> um, one do for me, do say hello to everybody. Everyone. Not only the boys and girls in the back, but, and obviously the promoter, the man, you know, handing you the check. But even the tech guys, the, the their training students, um, you know, because you never know who's going to make it on, a, on one side. But on another side, that's just proper respect for all of us who are working together to bring in X amount of people into this building to watch us do something we love when they could be out doing a thousand other things. And it's not just obviously the main adventures are the ones on the poster, but if the 
mid and undercard aren't interesting, they're not showing up early. They're not showing up at doors open. They're going to show up at 930 because they know that's when, you know, the main event starts. So everybody has a role to play. So say, you know, pay your respects to everybody in the locker room. Now, if you got beef, that's a whole different bag of worms. But, you know, go up and shake everybody's hands when you show up to an event. And then my don't would be if you get the ability to work in a company that has both male and females in the locker room, remember that you are there to work. This is not tender. Don't try to hit on people. Be respectful. <laughs> I, they have lives outside of wrestling just like we all do. And just be be respectful when you work in a, co- a locker room like that. It's, it's not the time or the place, you know. Just don't. It's a simple fact. Um... I'm sure there's like a million don'ts I can say. I just can't pick one up because I was going to say the it's not tender thing as well and to be respectful. Um, let's try to do the like don't pay, don't break kayfabe. We'll, we'll go that route. And that's an easy little softball answer. Like for us, when we were at the merch tables, when we were next to each other, all us were working heel. All the faces were over there. All the heels were over here. Because it would have made no sense if you and me just kicked each other's ass for 10 minutes and we're shoulder to shoulder at the merch table. You know, obviously, there's some times that that can't always happen. But, like, there's times where me and my, my brother and I, we sell because I always somehow get my ribs cracked in a match. So selling my ribs is really easy when you're walking around getting the hot dog. Because <laughs> I'm always in the match, you know what I mean? Just that little bit of believability because there's still kids and adults in these crowds that do not understand the working that we're doing. You know, there's some kids that think we really are out there doing X, Y, and Z. Yes, it's dangerous and all that jazz, but don't break that fantasy. Cause we all remember, it's like Santa Claus. We all remember when it got broken for us and we were like, wait, yeah, we all what do you mean time. it's not real? We all remember <laughs> No, hundred percent, hundred percent. One of the things that I, I, I definitely love the fact that you're like, Ayo, like it's not tender like it's not free reign like it's crazy because the word professional wrestling like that's the first part of that is just enormous you're a professional like you gotta act like one and it's weird to see dudes be like hey yo let me go holla at such and such now i'm gonna i'm gonna front like i do go around and i'll be and i i I never hit on any of females or any other dudes that are there right but what I do is I introduce myself and I talk about the podcast because at that point, I want to bring people on that I'm going to have great conversations with. Yeah, so I yeah, always. That's also work. You're yeah. still working. You yeah. know, it's not like you're out of pocket. Like, so there's this bar up the road from the firehouse that I heard about. <laughs> that's not what you're doing. That's a whole different ball, yeah. ball game. Still talk to them. Like, you gotta <laughs> they're still humans yeah, and they're, they're, still they're hours away from family. Like they're probably they may or may not know other people in the locker room. Don't just shun them. But Two don't. of them may be Slytherins and park next to you and talk a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like they're still humans and they're cool and amazing people, and we all have this common love in common of professional wrestling. But that doesn't mean they're tender. Like it's not a, a plenty. We're of all brothers bond. and sisters out there. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's the one thing too that I tell a lot of people, and I don't think they realize, right? Like, because even when I talk to to females, and it's the one thing, and I I I say this all the time. And in fact, if you go back and listen to like a bunch of the last female episodes that we've had on, I probably said it like every episode. But it's one of those weird things where it's like I I I the only people that I book are people that I meet, and the reason why I do that is because like 
Listen, like, you probably got, like, a million dudes who slide in your DMs and are like, hey, mm-hmm. yo, like, what up, though? But then, like, you get the weird dudes who are like, hey, I got this podcast. And it's not even a podcast. It's just uh, them, like, to trying to shoot their situation. shot. <laughs> right. Yeah, so I always, like, I always tell, like, uh, you know, I always, I always go up and talk to people and be like, hey, like, listen, I have this podcast. This is what's at. Like, and then I find, like, whoever I've, like, recently booked from the podcast. And like I bring them over and I'm like, yo, can you talk to them about the podcast? Because I can sell the podcast, but if somebody else is able to talk about it, then it kind of makes this the uh the how do I say it? The the it makes the energy a lot brighter because then they see like, oh no, he's dead serious. This is actually kind of fun. And then like we end up having a blast with it. So it's it's one of those weird things where I just like I tell people all the time, like, I need you to be my spokesperson and help me get that person booked on this show <laughs> because sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. But we're going to move into my favorite segment of the Three Count Podcast. It is the Three Count Podcast 10 Count Questions. And sirs, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to ask you guys 10 questions, and uh, whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Cool. We'll we'll, we'll (laughs) go back and forth. We're going 10 each. 10 each. Yeah, 10 each. All right. So we're going to put on. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) now me being older is important. (laughs) <laughs> oh we're gonna put on the imaginary timer you guys can answer at the same time actually so that's why it'll work but uh we're gonna put on imaginary timer on the board and in the words of mike goldberg here we go smackdown or raw raw oh smackdown <laughs> favorite ninja turtle leonardo Raphael. <laughs> playstation or xbox xbox, xbox. <laughs> <laughs> favorite actor Ooh. Oh. I like I Am Legend Will Smith. That's that's my go-to right now. That's my draw. Man, <laughs> this is hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, Orlando Bloom. Orlando. Okay, oh, all right, yeah. all right. I'll buy that for a dollar. That was nice. <laughs> Sonic or Mario? Mario. Sonic. Favorite movie? Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's why his like, the list yeah, answer. I was like, ah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, is it a night owl or early bird? Night owl, early bird. Favorite. You'd be surprised. That happens a lot. Favorite podcast. <laughs> let me get nice? your. Let me get your favorite podcast. Ooh, I I lived off the JRE when I worked in Vegas, and overnight, uh, JRE was Joe Rogan experience was my thing. I love that. Man, I'm gonna sound so bad because I don't know the full name of it, but. It has the two actors from Scrubs. I during the pandemic, I listened to. Oh, I, I know to that all the time. Oh yeah, I know which one yeah, you're talking I, about. I remember yeah, listening to the, that. I forget the full name of the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Ooh, Ryan Matthews. That's a good one. Um, Luca Mancini. He's in that. So that we've had movie. Luca. You have had him? So we've had, okay, so there's a caveat to this, and I want to put it out there. <laughs> we had Luca on the show, right? But my internet connection was so bad that, like, we couldn't really get it done, right? So mm-hmm. in the process, Luca, <laughs> I know you watched the show, but we're getting in the process of, like, getting him back on the show. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yes, Luca is definitely coming back on the show. We're gonna actually get this episode done correctly. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Um, all right, my last question. My favorite one to ask every single person who comes on this show, favorite curse word. <laughs> I'm going to go cunt. I loved watching like Doctor Who when I was a kid and Harry Potter. So cunt was such a little, just a little one that would just slide into American <laughs> culture. And now it's a whole different word. But it, I love that one. I am a bred and true <laughs> old school classic. Fuck, man. <laughs> when that comes out of the chest, that guttural, like you had nothing else to give but just the fuck, yeah. Oh, baby, that gets me going. <laughs> no doubt. See, there you go. So uh, those are all my questions, even my fun ones, right? So the last thing I need from you guys to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find y'all. So I'm on Instagram at Salem Gray underscore. Yep, and on Instagram I'm Damian Gray underscore. And also we have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash the underscore brothers underscore gray. Um, we're on there doing we race F1, uh, we play Army of Two, and we both do solo days. If you don't want to see the other one's face, we also play games by ourselves too, and do the little Twitch thing. Yep. Yeah, or we'll be wrestling. What's our next? Let's show? see. March 11th, we are at 1CW. March 5th, we're at Smash Masters. March 25th, ESPW. And that's it for the month of March. April, April 1st, Frontier. April, we're also at 1CW for their show. 28th, we're at Bring Your Own Wrestling up here in uh, the Pennsylvania. Talk to Luca about that one. And uh, then down in Virginia for Eastern Shore Pro Wrestling in late April as well. So we'll, be, we'll be starting to get our... Uh, yeah, up and down the coast. Stamping some tickets and uh, punching some passports, you know? <laughs> Love it. There you guys have it. They gave you the handles. They told you about their Twitch channel and where you can find them. <laughs> but you know what that means. Like every great part of a wrestling match, we got to take it home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host, Clever Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. But like every good Sherpas, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. That's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering? You see them right there. It's the brothers grade themselves, Salem and Damien, and you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there or you're legit following on all of our social media platforms. You're even subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're following us on Spotify. You're leaving us five-star frost slash reviews. You're buying all of our merch on ProWrestlingTees.com because that stop is closing. And if it's already closed, just go to ForYourWear.com and check out the Three Count Podcast store there. You're doing all that stuff. You're telling your friends about us. You're commenting. You're even sharing this with everybody that you love. And if not, Everybody that you hate, so that way we can get both sides of the of the spectrum for that. And you're either doing all that stuff, or you're really just kind of waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for the outro, and then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now: go to Twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count Underscore Pod. Give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod. Give us a like, give us a follow. Leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to YouTube.com. Give us a subscribe. Turn the bell on. Turn on notifications. Leave a comment. 
we want to talk to you. Go to anchor.fm forward slash the three count podcast and in there you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So show us some support, please.